This is episode 101 of G.I. Joburg, 101 episodes in, and it's time we got a handle on a very, very important topic. It seems there is a divide in G.I. Joe collecting, and that's the vintage versus modern era split. My name is Steven, and I'm joined this evening by the best man to talk modern era versus vintage. He goes by the name Strident. What is up, my ninjas? I'm Strident. How you doing, man? Yeah, man, I'm doing well. I'm very interested in getting into a little debate with you this evening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be fun, man. It'll be fun. I'm glad, I'm glad you had time and we finally were able to connect and do this again, you know? This topic, to my mind, is so important that uh, G.I. Joburg is doing a first and we are releasing this on YouTube. So those of you who are YouTube G.I. Joburg viewers and have not yet dabbled with our podcast on Podbean and iTunes, I suppose this is your little taste of um, what we get up to. Episodes are longer in length and we talk, you know, whatever happens to spring to mind. And tonight it's all about this tension that has emerged, this split in our G.I. Joe community. We have people on both sides uh, vintage purists and modern era purists, and it seems like there's a little bit of a, I, I don't know, a little bit of a shunning or, or, or slighting of the, the other side. So uh, yeah. we're, we're going to discuss from our respective points of view and try and harmonize these things. Uh, in case you do not know either of us, I am predominantly a vintage guy. Yeah, and I'm mostly a modern guy. Yep, yep, yep. That's not to say Strident doesn't possess vintage G.I. Joe stuff. No, no, no. He does have a defined launch complex, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. I managed to find an uh, MMC. I'm actually about to finish that review. Outstanding, man. That is terrific. And very well integrated with uh, modern era figures as well. I mean, it's a spacious vehicle. It, doesn't, it isn't necessarily prohibitive to uh, one yeah. construction or the other. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and you have I have a, few, uh, a handful of modern era figures and vehicles. Yeah. But here's my backstory, if 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 I may just mm -hmm. indulge in it. I mean I've I'm I I, I realise I'm perhaps one of the, the rarer cases of a Joe collector who never stopped. You know, I've always been collecting actively. Uh, when G.I. Joe stopped in 94, I would sort of trawl through flea markets and dusty old toy shops, and I kept buying up until the advent of eBay in sort of 99. And ever since then, like, that, that was my avenue for years and years and years, filling holes in the vintage collection, holes that I will never fully fill. I mean, I, I think I will be able to collect G.I. Joe until the day I die and not ever complete anything. Uh, I guess that just speaks volumes about the difficulty of of, of collecting uh, when you're located at the tip of Africa. Uh. Well, it's less than a minus, though, for you. I mean, think about your wallet. Mm. I mean, and this is one of the things I was really happy to hear from uh, HCC788 when he was on your uh, previous uh, episode of uh, your podcast. He mentioned you know, kind of having a game plan when you collect, you know, not just getting caught up in getting everything and you can't even enjoy it. You know what I mean? So, you know, uh, it is important. Yep. So it's good that, you know, if, if something kind of slows down the amount that you can get your hands on at one time, 
then it might be good in the long run because, you know, your girlfriend won't be pissed at you for spending all the money on Joe's. Um, <laughs> you won't be pissed at yourself or something, you know, down the line that like, damn, I could have bought this. But instead I bought, you know, not that you'd be mad, but you know what I'm saying? Like these things pop up and sometimes you got to do your adulting yeah. and then you got to get to, you know, being a big kid so you can balance the equation. I guess balance and and that's the theme of this whole you know video balance it's it's all about balance you know absolutely parameters for your collecting so important because uh, then you, uh, mm -hmm. if, if you if you buy everything you yeah obviously you're going to bankrupt yourself and just not enjoy the things that you have quite as much as you would yeah. if you were more focused and and treasured everything perhaps that much more because it wasn't about volume or quantity it was about Exactly. Completing, completing the things that are nearest and dearest to you. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I mean, I, I, I embraced new sculpt era Joes when they came out, but they quickly were shown up as being inferior to the old school stuff. So I went back to vintage and continued to collect and complete that that run. Uh, and then the 25th anniversary stuff. This was the stuff that was going to make everything. You know, it was going to change the game. Uh, it, it was going to make all your all, your vintage Joes all of a sudden seem uh, tacky and out of date because I went for the hype. <laughs> I was I was all over that when I saw the the images. I, I mean, the best commercial I can recall was in Toy Fair magazine where they showed 1982 Snake Eyes side by side with mm -hmm. uh, 2007 Snake Eyes, and it was just night and exactly. day. I was like, what? Yeah. These are the <laughs> ultimate toys ever produced gi joe articulation plus all the mod cons of like removable web gear holsterable weapons uh more forgiving grips in the hands double jointed knees i mean it was just an absolute wet dream yeah. what soured it for me i suppose and this is a, a a story that oh so many um people in my position uh tell is we can never achieve the kind of opulence and uh, variation that we got, no, variation is not the right word because let's let's face it, modern era stuff has exploded. Like there are so many uh, variations of using the same parts in different uh, configurations. So variation is, is a poor choice of words, but opulence of the 80s can never be repeated. Yeah. So we get the most incredible figures, but we'll never get complementary vehicles. vehicles. Yeah. Exactly. The, the shining moments of modern era vehicles were basically reaching back in time and bringing out an old classic and dusting it off and exactly. putting it putting it at an affordable price point and getting it out to people. I speak about the, the Sky Striker from the 30th anniversary and I speak about the Eagle, uh, is it the Eagle? Yeah, the Eagle Hawk, stuff like that, old favorites that are are. You know, you don't have to, to trawl through vintage stores and, you know, find a beat up Tomahawk anymore. No, you can buy one at retail. It's and that true. was great. Yeah. I want to go back talking about the new era, new sculpt era. Yeah. What was your handle on that? There's some of those figures I loved. Mm -hmm. And then there's other ones that just looked goofy, you know, proportion wise. Um, I know a couple of the artists that did the designs for the majority of the beginning portion of the sculpt era, like the crazy snake eyes with the crazy visor. You know what I'm talking about? He had like, I think it was the very first new sculpt era snake eyes. He was all black and silver gray. He had gray. Um, Were there almost blue, like blue highlights to him? Yeah. He, yeah. He yeah. Had a, he had a T crotch. 
No, not this. I mean, after the okay. original. Right. The, this is these are the O-ring construction ones. God, I need to look at which one I'm trying to, <laughs> which one I'm trying to say. But I think um, a lot of us have kind of blanked that from our memory. But it it did give us a very <laughs> very good uh, visor snake eyes. You know, in the same vein as V2, uh, but it was yeah. in a sort of a gray coloring. Uh, he had wonderful sculpted details, like little throwing knives on his chest. He was a cool mm-hmm. snake eyes. But I, I, I'm trying to recall the one that, 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 that you're speaking of. So you say a friend of yours designed that. Nice. Yeah, he um, he designed uh, the the Scarlet, that uh, Agent Scarlet, when the one that had the she the figure had broad shoulders. <laughs> she still was colored very much like the original, but she had the GI Joe on her um, uh, like her bracer. She had like a forearm bracelet. Oh, I've got that bracer. figure. I've got that figure. Yeah. Oh yes. yeah, he designed, and uh, those ones I didn't mind as much. They just looked like they were wearing so much armor, <laughs> so <laughs> that was the thing. Actually, I just found the the snake eyes. It is he's a it's a black recolor of uh, it's version fourteen. Okay. He is uh, from two thousand and two. He has the big holsters on his legs that you can't actually put anything in. And he also had like G.I. Joe going down one of his ankles, but he was all black, gray and silver buckles and knee pads and stuff all over the place. But uh, he came with a car. It was the version that was in the Spy Troops animation. Did you ever see that? I think I have this figure as well. (laughs) Yep. 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 It was a cool, you know, update. I mean, it's when we look at him now, it's still kind of. Like, he has elements that work and then elements that they needed to get rid of, you know, and go, like, go full commando or go full on ninja. But when you go in between and he looks like a ninja just wearing commando gear, it kind of doesn't work as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Stratton, I've got to be honest with you, man. Like, New Sculpt era G.I. Joe actually made me a call collector. Really? Uh, as in the call Really? Yeah, yeah. Because around about that era, uh, Lenard, obviously, master copy uh, artists, um, <laughs> they put out that initial wave of T-Crotch guys. And oh, they, yeah. they introduced something that G.I. Joe still hasn't... No, no, wait. G- yeah, G.I. Joe in, in, in modern era figures has started to embrace slightly. But it just hasn't been done nearly as well um they introduced paint washes all of a sudden i was like wow all of these hasbro figures look like toys whereas these guys look like they've dragged themselves through the mud of the jungles of the world they look fantastic they were so inviting they were like they were the figures that you wanted to play with outside whereas gi joe looked good you know around base Well, I personally, and I don't know if, maybe this is, because a lot of people, I, I've seen it on your channel, they always comment on the fact that you play with your figures or you, you review the figures out in the elements. Mm-hmm. I want to put the dirt on those figures myself. Like, any old, G, like, if you see, one of my favorite Joes has always been, uh, what's his name, Snowjob. And uh, I constantly put him out in the elements. If it was really cold snow... Obviously, I had him out there in the ice. If it was icy rain, I had him out there in there to the point where it, it even brittled him faster. 
So I had to get a couple, you know, new ones to, you know, like replace parts or just to, you know, because I, I had completely decimated the previous one. But if <laughs> yeah, you... Extreme Cold will do that to you. I have a little anecdote about that. Uh, inspired uh-huh. by G.I. Joburg's uh, sort of toys being in their natural environment type videos, uh, Mike Mercy, <laughs> I don't know if you follow his channel, oh, yeah. he, oh, uh, yeah. he, he did a Toys Gone Wild um, series of episodes, and he reviewed the Snowcat out in like... Canadian yep. negative temperatures, you know, like sub-zero. <laughs> <Yep>. uh, <laughs> and he uh, broke his snowcat. Like, it got so cold that one of, the, one of the fairings actually just snapped clean off, like, from getting brittle. Wow. Yeah. So I, I feel a bit bad about that. But he says he doesn't mind. He's like, yeah, battle damage. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and that stuff is awesome, too, because I tell my sons, well, I've told the older one, and he kind of is back and forth with his Joes. He really loves the 25th stuff because it mimics the cartoon. So mm. that's more what he always goes for. My four-year-old, he's just all over the place with all different types of toys. You know, we haven't given him Joes yet because the parts are small, you know, mm. so we're waiting till he's a little bit older. But I always tell him, you know, when your figure breaks in battle, it's like the best thing because then you have a story. You know, if... You have Batman going up against the Joker and the Batman punches Joker and his arm comes off. Batman broke the Joker's arm. You know what I mean? Like you have a story for those two figures. You know, if you're fighting with your Joe vehicles, you know, and somehow during a dog fight, you drop one of the planes, you know, and you're in the middle of some kind of maneuver. You wanted maybe a Rattler to shoot down a <laughs> Storm Eagle or something, you know, and it actually happens. You have that to, to add to the story of what happened, you know, how that happened. This is part of your figures uh, or your vehicles, you know, history. And this is precisely why I need kids. <laughs> I, I play so gingerly with all the modern stuff that it doesn't uh, it doesn't get battle scars. Well, Whereas if I rough. pick up if I pick up pick up my childhood collection, which once again, no. I'm very in a very fortunate position to still possess. Like, I can pick mm-hmm. up an old O-ringer that I've had for my entire life, practically. And I'm like, I'm immediately connected with a an entire history of battles. You know, this, this, this little three and three quarter inch figurine is like a time machine to me. So, oh, yeah. there's a nostalgia factor which keeps bringing me back to the O-ring stuff as well. And the modern era stuff just yeah. doesn't have the same resonance, and it never will, uh, because I'm, you know, I'm not a child anymore. I don't get to play like I did when I was a child. Maybe it would be entirely different if I had a child of my own and was able to kind of vicariously, uh, like, you know, through play with him or her. Hey, eh? girls could be playing with this stuff too. Um, vicariously kind of imbue the modern era stuff with these cool memories. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm still just trying to tell you why I'm a vintage guy over a modern era guy. (laughs) (laughs) Like, see, this is my thing, right? Since I collect both, because you can't get the variety in vehicles Mm -hmm. outside of maybe Rise of Cobra, the variety in vehicles doesn't exist in the modern era. You have to go back and get some of the classic vehicles in order to, like, round out what you have. I mean, I'm fortunate enough that in my area, when, you know, I started back when Rise of Cobra came out and there were tons of Rise of Cobra stuff all over the place. It was selling and then it would they would replenish like my, the Walmart near where I live. 
always had stuff. So I found everything that I wanted from that line within like a couple months of the, the, the movie coming out. Normally, that's really difficult. It's like Hasbro was in a different place back then. They were like, let's just force feed this to everybody, <laughs> whether <laughs> they want it or not. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. And, you know, there's still vehicles that I got from Rise of Cobra that were kind of meh. And then I went back and I got the original one and I see the things that they changed. But the overall point that I'm getting at is just that you have to get vintage vehicles for your, you know, uh, collection. If you want to have variety in what you're, you know, what you're collecting, if you want to have variety in your motor pool, variety in your air force, variety in your naval uh, force, you, you need to have some vintage and some modern or just go all vintage because you can, you can just, there, everything exists. And I, I remember you saying one time that the, um, some figures don't look cool next to certain vehicles. And I agree. <laughs> there are. You preempt me. That is exactly what I was going to talk about now, but please continue. Well, like, you know, there's some vehicles like, uh, what is it? The, the desert Fox. I've never liked that. V that, uh, I think that's what it's called. The desert yeah. Fox. It's a six wheeled, uh, Jeep. I was never a fan of the design anyway. It just looked plain. Most of the battle force 2000 stuff is like that. It's, for me, it's also plain, you know? And so when I put it next to a modern era, you know, figure, it kind of looks like a cosplay vehicle or something. You know what I mean? Like a cheap special effects something or other. <laughs> I know people, some people like it, you know, but it just it reminds me of those. Like, have you ever seen the movie Megaforce 2000? It's a I keep really bad. To, man. Uh, yeah, you know no, I mean? look, I, I, I've been, it's been suggested to me a number of times. I need to track it down. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's 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 the cheese that I'm talking about that these some of these vehicles kind of inspire memories of, you know, because I was big in the B movies growing up. So I watched yeah, a name like Megaforce. I mean, come on, <laughs> Megaforce. Cheese. Oh, my God. And the movie does not disappoint in the cheese factor. It's so bad. But there's a lot of vehicles that just have crap. You know, it's after Mad Max. So everybody wanted a piece of that kind of action. So all the design is just hammer all kinds of crap onto a cheap, you know, chassis of a vehicle, you know, and uh, the vehicles just look ridiculous. And uh, there's some Joe vehicles and some Cobra vehicles that we have to admit, they don't have the same oomph that like some of the, the, the more memorable ones do. But there also are some vehicles that we don't hear people talk about much in the community. Like you love the, uh, the X-Wing. Oh, and the Skystorm. Yeah, that thing is dope. I, I was like, it, it isn't it called? It's called the X Wing, the the Skystorm X Wing Chopper, right? Very good. Yep, Something. that is exactly it. Yeah, yeah. No one talks about it, and I always thought it was cool. I'm like, it's kind of like Airwolf. Come on, guys, everybody watched Airwolf. What's what's going on? No one talks about it. It's mm. it's only you know the Sky Striker, the Fang, you know the Awe Striker, like the same vehicles, and I'm like, you know. There's a lot out there. I think maybe it's just that a lot of people haven't been exposed to all of it. So they, they grab onto the spot that they grab onto, and then that's it. But uh, let's continue on this vehicle thing. I want to hear what you were going to say. My bad. Well, no, not your bad at all, man. Uh, great talking points in there. We'll hopefully unpack some of them. But, um, yeah, look, vehicles are the crux of the matter for me. 
and and this is this is a problem that I mean, it, it it speaks to my um, personality perhaps that I am almost mm -hmm. obsessive compulsive about not mixing. Uh, so I've created these <laughs> these distinct walls. It's serious, man. Like I cannot put a modern era figure on a vintage vehicle. There's just a a feel that that is problematic to me. Uh, the vehicles yeah. that I find do work with the modern era figures that aren't specifically geared toward modern era figures are the direct to consumer vehicles and the new sculpt era vehicles. For instance, like I display my my modern era guys manning the the Rhino, which has uh -huh. been even by their own admission like re-released with modern era guys. I mean, they, they, yeah, yeah, they, they put out the green, the, the sort of the blue rhino with the green missiles. Well, I've got the older one, the black one with the, the yellow missiles. Uh, I've also yeah. got, in, in complement to that, is the, the Rolling Operations Command Center. Fantastic vehicle. I love it's, that thing. It's I a goodie, but I believe it is, the, the demand is high. I just, fortunately, I mean, you know, I got in at the ground floor. I was, as I say, I never stopped collecting. So when DTC was all the rage, I got one of everything. Yeah. It is wonderful, and it is a vehicle that doesn't look right when it's manned by vintage figures. Uh, it's funny like is that. So? I think I think so. Look, dude, my my walls my walls go both ways. It keeps vintage era figures out of vehicles that that would otherwise uh, accommodate them. I cannot. Huh. It's a, it's it's got to do with the plastic quality, like the 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 rock and the rhino and the desert attack chopper or the night attack chopper or the crimson attack chopper, whichever version you you gravitate towards. The the plastic has a a glossier feel, yeah. whereas the vin vintage plastic was that very brittle, hard. Uh, I mean, it 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 was fantastic for for creating really sharp sculpt details, but equally you know, more easily yeah. broken than, than the sort of more forgiving uh, later uh, plastic that was used. So, yeah, I look back That's over true. my shoulder and I'm like, these are the vehicles that make sense to me as modern era vehicles. It also doesn't hurt that they have a different design aesthetic, like the rock and yeah. the rhino. Yeah, I suppose there's an alien resonance, but there's also like, I don't know, kind of a, a futuristic uh, yeah. Feel. Like a halo. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, precisely that. You know, it's very informed by, uh, I suppose, video game designs, stuff like that. Um, whereas vintage GI Joe was very informed by real uh, vehicles and, and exactly you know, and equipment. Yeah, there was no, there was no, you know, video game concept art back then for these mm. kind of things. You know, there was just the uh concept military art, concept art. military concept vehicles you know because yeah nine like 95 percent of the early joe vehicles were based on concept vehicles you know stuff that either was going to exist or did exist and it was a one-off and it never went anywhere so which vintage vehicles do not look good with modern era guys hanging off of them <laughs> play let's devil's see. advocate for me let's see the rvp Looks terrible with modern <laughs> guys. The Desert Fox looks terrible. Um, oh, that's a pity. Vintage guys slouch way too low in the seat. I I can only imagine like a, you know, modern era figure with a sort of a slightly taller um, upper body yeah. would be able that's to look true. over the dashboard. <laughs> but yeah, he probably would work, you know. But yeah. like, 
that it's just, you know, detail wise, you have this super detailed figure. I mean, I guess it would depend on the figure. If you had 25th guys, maybe they would look okay. But I mean, when you get past 25th, your Rise of Cobra, your, you know, Resolute, your Pursuit of Cobra, your 30th and your 50th, maybe not. <laughs> but Paul customized a, a a Desert Fox for me, gave it a very cool detailed paint job. Uh, and not huh. a technical paint job, more like a, a weathering, uh, broken down, yeah. that kind of detail. And I hear he's I think, I think the that. vehicle, because of its sort of smooth, clean lines, lends itself to a really spiffy paint job that can kind of mess up the lines a bit. You know, put a little bit of rust exactly. and weathering and scoring uh, in places. And with that kind of detailing, yeah, man, I, I think it, it does start to shine uh, for your modern era stuff. Yeah. I can so, see that. I bad see that. example. Maybe. Bad example, Strident. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I can go. I can. I can go in. I got more like the recon sled. I've never liked that vehicle that much as it is, but the, it looks weird. Sure. With a modern era dude looking down at the floor, laying down in this thing, it just doesn't look right. What would you say to something like the Warthog, which I think? Oh, that thing's awesome. Everyone who's a fan of GI Joe. Uh, is a fan of the Warthog. It's one of those vehicles that oh, you can yeah. do no wrong. Sort of latter 80s vehicle that could mesh oh, very yeah. well with the, the sort of the original green team. That but... one works even with the core. Like, it just, it, you can fit a bunch of guys in there. It's land. It's, you know, in the aquatic. It's a lot of firepower, you know, because it's got some decent-sized missiles and, you know, you've got some guns. It's, I think it's it's a cool-looking vehicle. And it does. It, it almost just—it's just enough detail and just plain enough that it could work for your. You might even be able to throw, and this might be pushing it, but you might be able to throw your um, some uh, elite forces, those BBI elite force figures. Even though oh, I yeah. think they're some of the worst figures out there, because every one I've ever bought broke, like out of the package as I'm popping them out of the blister. Head pops off, you know, arm pops off. I'm like, what is it with these guys? You know. <laughs> Damn. especially for the price but they might even look good in that because it looks like a real world uh i mean it is based on a real world uh apc so i think it could it could work my concern is always with the increased scaling of modern era figures like if you start putting your heavies on there like uh leatherneck gung-ho roadblock it's going to start making the vehicle look diminutive. It's going to start making it look like a kitty cart. That's always been my fear, I guess. It depends, because the the scale on this vehicle, this vehicle was huge even for the modern, I mean, the, the, the vintage era figures. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, I, I didn't realize how big it was, because for a long time I had never seen it. I had only seen it on eBay with, uh, you know, pictures, you know, and I'd seen pictures of it online. And I'd never seen it in person. And then, you know, at one of the conventions we were at, well after I, uh, uh oh, got the fire trucks running out. I thought it was the uh, cops after you, dude. Come on, man. <laughs> you nah, gotta stop I, I, holding I, up Toys R Us. They're bankrupt oh, as it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I live an old man's life, man. I keep things real calm and simple. Oh, I'm, I'm like Guile said, I go home and I'm a family man. That's it. Mm. Um, <laughs> but, um, 
Yeah, I had never seen it next to actual Joe's. And then when I finally did see it next to actual Joe's, I was like, wow, this thing is huge. You know, like it it looks stubby and it looks short and blocky. But, yeah, you can fit big guys in there. I mean, like I've seen people sell it with that custom. There's a custom conversion kit for uh, the very first wave retaliation roadblock to turn him into Sergeant Slaughter. I actually did it. And uh, I'm going to review that have you ever seen it no cool really wow and he even comes with a duffel bag (laughs) (laughs) it's like wow so i i imagine it's trying to to emulate his appearance in uh marvel comics doesn't he have a duffel exactly he had a he had a duffel bag even in the uh in the animation in the, the movie remember when you first well he was holding um what's his name uh falcon's duffel bag Remember? It's good, though, man. It's, it's really good. I mean, and he's, he's got the height and he's got the, you know, the, 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 the shape to look mm. more like what we think of if you've seen Sergeant Slaughter in G.I. Joe uh, animation. So, um, yeah, him standing next to Roadblock and standing next to, uh, 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 you know, Repeater and uh, Leatherneck in that. And I've actually seen it sold with uh, this this conversion uh, kit, you know, kitted up uh, Sergeant Slaughter, he still looks fine, and it, the the scale doesn't feel off. And I know there's people who will nitpick because maybe they've been inside a real one, but I mean, it, it at the end of the day, it is a toy. So some of the nitpicks are just nitpicks. You know what I mean? Like there there's where you have to be like, you know, you have to suspend your disbelief because you're gonna play with this thing. It's not like you're going to. Uh, it's going to really go into battle on its own. You know what I mean? And you need maximum efficiency for, you know, this vehicle to perform in the battlefield. You know, it's more like it needs to emulate what it needs to emulate. You know, that's kind of why, you know, I've done in the video I did about what I would change uh, if I was in charge of the Joe line. I hate the fact that there's so many armored personnel carriers that don't really fit that many guys. Like, what's the point? You know, they should at least fit maybe half of the amount that they really would fit, you know, if you could. If it fits 50, 25 might be pushing it, but can you get it close? You know what I mean? There's Chap May vehicles that do it, and the old APC fit a ton of Joes. Sure. So, oh, yeah. It was a carry case. Though, I, if there are critics of the Warthog being cramped, I don't think there are people that have actually been in an armored fighting vehicle because... Let's face it, even if it is uh, for personnel, it's hella cramped. Yeah. I mean, oh, absolutely. Yeah. You're in there, you know, shoulder to shoulder, knees to knees. Yep, that's everything, you know, military grade, as far as vehicles go. I mean, from your aircraft carriers to subs to, you know, Jeeps to Humvees to whatever. Mm. You know, they're, they're built, you know, form follows function and that's it. It's not about... The, the comfort <laughs> there's no comfort no bucket seats in these humvees no you know what i mean it's 100 percent functionality there's packs everywhere for you know ammunition for you know uh medical kits and all kinds of stuff it's not about you being comfortable it's about you getting from point a to point b b in the best uh condition you know that you can get there in. and in that vein uh modern era figures work even better in something like the warthog because they're that much more cramped <laughs> uh, yeah, fair point true. i i take it back the warthog does work 
It does not look yeah. uh, diminutive as a result. Yeah, man. Okay, okay. Tick that <laughs> box. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I uh, I don't know. There's some Destro and the Demon. All those Iron Grenadier vehicles. Well, the AGP not so much. That looked cool with uh, modern Iron Grenadiers in it. But the Demon looks weird with modern guys especially if they're visible, like hanging off of it or standing up on the pegs. I mean, even though they can't really stand on, on the pegs, but I mean, standing outside on the outside of the vehicle, they look weird. I don't, I don't know. Cause the design just looks like a hot mess. I'm, I don't know. I've never, I never understood that one. And the general, the general's another one. I, the guy I bought the uh, defiant from was trying to sell me a complete general. And I was like, yeah, I'm not a fan of the general. And he's like, dude, I'm going to sell it to you at, for like, you know, a ridiculous price. He was trying wow. to sell it for pretty cheap. And I was kind of like, I kind of want to do it. But at the same time, I know I'm not going to even play with it because it just looks like an elevator on wheels or a, a, or a, oh, come a on, stage. Man. No. Do it. Do it. Review it. And then uh, send it on to Africa. And I will, I, will, I will roll it through the desert. And, uh, and, 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 and the audience will applaud loudly as they see the general yeah, in the only environment that can support a vehicle of that width. Exactly. Yeah, it just seems weird and cumbersome. It doesn't feel like something that would survive in battle. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it seems like... It's it... been requested. So really? I, I suggest you uh, you revisit that, that seller, man. Come on. <laughs> the internet needs a review of the general. A good one. Yeah, good, I good think one. There yeah. Are some, There's a lot of them out there. But we won't, yeah. we won't pass judgments on our fellow YouTubers. Uh, we're just going to do our own. Come on, Striden. <laughs> That's the nice way of putting it. I'll pay you what, what you paid for it. So it can be like, you know, third hand and you're not out of pocket. Hey, I'll see if I can get in touch with them, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll see. Yeah, it's been a while. I mean, I bought the Defiant, what, two years ago something like that? As much as that. So I'll see. Oh, jeez, then it's gone, man. I'm sure it's gone. Damn. It's possible. It's possible. He comes in. I mean, dude had five Defiance. He just buy. I think he's one of those collect because he said he was trying to customize it for some type of Transformers something or other. I was like, the Defiant of all the things you could customize for Transformers, like that's like sacrilege. Like (laughs) it's been done, (laughs) but I, 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 I don't know if I can get behind that. Maybe if there's yeah, something materially wrong with it, like it's it's seen a lot of sun damage, so you know putting on yeah. a, a custom paint job couldn't hurt it, or yeah, exactly. you know, if, if there's something wrong with it, cool. But like a fair to good condition defiant, don't touch that thing, man. Oh, it's yeah. toy history. Exactly. It's weird because I, I like I, I told people I said in the video, I that was a, a, a vehicle I remember me, my brother and I looking at like the service merchandise catalog or the Toys R Us catalog, one of them, and we're like talking about what we want to do when we finally get it, if we ever get it, you know? We're like, oh, this Christmas we won't ask for anything. Neither of us will ask for anything except for that. Oh, so, man. <laughs> I take it it didn't work. Uh, you're breaking my heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it didn't work. But, you know, eventually I got it. You know, patience pays off. In, it, it, it takes a while. you got to develop the patience, but it, it does pay off, especially when you're collecting, you know? Well, I had sworn off all possibility of ever getting it. It was just too big, too cumbersome, too fragile to ever uh, get into this country. And, oh, 
good opportunity to say this. I, I'll probably mention it in in one of the more sort of I suppose formal GI Joburg uh, podcast releases. But I didn't mention in our hundredth episode that the man responsible for putting the insurance claim together on our damage defiant and the guy who 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 agreed, the crazy guy who agreed to to ship it uh, to me in the first place. Uh, should not go unnamed. His name is Ronald Hoff, and he is a freaking legend. G.I. Joburg salutes this man. Uh, he got us nice. our defiant. And yeah. through his persistence with the the uh, Netherlands uh, post office, we basically got it for free. Uh, because it came, awesome. it, it arrived damaged. Um, we managed to mount a successful insurance claim. And yeah, as I say, thanks to Ronald's persistence, we won. Big time, big time. So thank you, Ronald. That's a huge get. So yeah, mm. yeah. I, thank know, you, Ronald. <laughs> it's <laughs> awesome. To see. It's always awesome when you see the community kind of, you know, come together or people in the community come together and help each other. Because I always say, and I got to a point with this community thing where I get annoyed at that phrase because there are pockets where people actually, you know, it's like an extension of our childhood. You know, when we were kids, if, if you were on the playground and you had a G.I. Joe and I had a G.I. Joe, we're friends because we're going to be playing G.I. Joe at recess or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, that's just as simple as it was. Or any toys, usually. If you had He-Man and I had He-Man stuff, we're going to play because we both love He-Man. You know what I mean? Or whatever. Mm. But, like, you see in the communities a lot of times it's like this this dick measuring contest. And it doesn't it doesn't feel like as genuine as it once did and we're older now so we should know better we should be able to just you know reminisce and you know kind of vibe on this thing that we love and not spend so much time like i have you know 50 marvel legends deadpools and you have none you know what i mean or i have you know all i have the defy i have two defiance and three uh pterodromes and you don't even have any and like it usually comes up in conversation like that and that always gets on my nerves because it's like, you don't have to be like that. You know, we can, you can, you can either point me in the direction of one, you know, or something or hold back what you want to say and post the picture some other time, not at the moment that someone is lamenting over missing out on something or, you know what I mean? Or a broken, like when you talked about the gantry doors breaking, you had a lot of people who sympathized. You had a lot of people like, look, mine is pristine. And I'm like, come on, like, why? You don't need to do that. That's so necessary. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, Sobbing emoticon right there. <laughs> Rub it in my face, asshole. <laughs> I felt that in my chest when I saw your, your video and you talked about it as you're taking it out and I see it come out in a chunk. I'm like, oh my God. Like, we, you know, we like downplayed the, the terrible big time. We downplayed it big time so that we didn't put a sort of negative spin on the, the video, but inside I was dying. I bet. It was going to basically terminate my collecting completely. You know, I was like, really? I was, yeah, I was like, what's the point? You know, like, it, it is so <laughs> prohibitive. Essentially, thanks to postage, you're buying everything twice. And, yeah. and that's for the lowest rung of postage where you know, half the time the, the, the item is on a conveyor belt and being like sort of lifted and dropped without any regard to like fragile stickers yeah. or this way up, any, any of that. So, you know, I mean, you could have things at, at 10 times the cost, 
personally courier yeah. to you, but it's still no guarantee. So I was like, I just threw my hands up and I was like, I'm done. I'm out. Forget it. Forget it. I'm any toys well, I buy I, in future will be bought brick and mortar style in the flesh because this just sucks. Yeah. Which basically means like the only toys I'd ever buy are toys that I buy when I am overseas because yeah, we yeah. get shit all down here. But you do, you got your uh, tomahawk and stuff down there. Right? Oh, you really do your homework, man. Um, okay, <laughs> the tomahawk. I found, for those of you guys who are hearing this for the first time, all five of you, because I tell this story often, I found a, <laughs> a mint in sealed box tomahawk, like in 2010, in this dusty old toy shop in Cape Town. And Insanity. <laughs> It's rare enough to happen anywhere in the world, the states included. But for that to yeah. happen here, I mean, just to put things in perspective, the tomahawk wasn't released here. No one had it. Yeah. It it didn't it didn't go on sale here at all. So this must have been stock that was in a distributor's warehouse, as like a sort of a I suppose a tester or a a, a sample sample that they brought in yeah. to show the execs like will we order this item and they were like nah too big it won't sell blah 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 so this is a one-of-a-kind sealed tomahawk and i'm like what were the chances that it found its way onto a shelf and right in front of the nose of a guy who absolutely treasures this stuff i mean it's no secret that the tomahawk yeah. is my favorite gi joe vehicle of all time really of all mm -hmm. time. Of all time. Cannot be beat. Even over the Defiant. Uh, they they operate in different leagues, but uh, a Tomahawk, you can <laughs> adapt to pretty much every operation that G.I. Joe is on. You know, you can have what Tomahawks about, like, buzzing around the Defiant as just kind of uh, pat patrol aircraft. I mean, like, but it doesn't work the other way around. You know, you can't have the Defiant kind of uh, assist your guys when they're... When they're um, moving in on a on a target location it's like yeah no that thing's just gonna stay in orbits and just uh do its thing in space what is it what do they call that the orbital drop you know how they slingshot from Ooh. one side of the globe to the next and then drop the person you know at ridiculous it's like low orbit but they drop the person from you know what i'm talking about right that is why gi joe needs targets like on the joe side like, what? It just occurred to me, man. Like, Destro's got these guys who they drop from low orbit, but he doesn't have a uh -huh. ship. Yeah. G.I. Joe has a spacecraft, but they don't have any guys that can, they can throw out of the, the airlock door. Come on. Have skydive. Oh, oh, the modern era skydive, you mean? You see, man, I'm seeing these things in boxes. There was a, 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 a prototype they did, Rise of Cobra Ripcord, where he had the gear with the, the wings and the, the thrusters and the big, pre, you know, pressurized helmet. And the essentially he looked like, like a halo jumper on steroids <laughs> with a back with like a jet pack with wings. Well, similar, similar to skydive, right? Yeah, it was exactly skydive, just different mm -hmm. colors and ripcord's head. I'm still trying to, that's one of the ones I'm trying to get. I still have skydive. I have two of them so that I could put ripcord's head on one of those bodies, you know? Good idea. I have a, a glut of Rise of Cobra Dukes, so I put Channing uh -huh. Tatum's head on that body. Don't judge. <laughs> I just needed to give it some character, because <laughs> the balaclava head, if you can get away from that, 
Yeah, that's always yeah. necessary because that's just who is Skydive? He's a guy. He's another guy in a balaclava. It's like, come on, give him a yeah. face. And since Channing Tatum will never be Duke for me, he can be Skydive. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah, that makes sense actually. Yeah, I made Channing Tatum almost all of my green shirts. So like <laughs> every every bit of my infantry or my my basic soldiers are just Channing Tatum. Like I think Mal is one of them. Channing Tatum is one of them. The the secondary head from the uh, the Retaliation Joe Trooper, that's another one. Okay. Uh, but I hope you switched it up a little bit, like take a little felt tip pen and like you know pencil in a little mustache or a little goatee, a little soul patch. Like oh, it's Channing Tatum with uh, <laughs> <laughs> with some sideburns. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what I did. I even repainted some of the hair in some in some cases. Yeah. Well, that's something that uh, I find modern era construction lends itself to more than the O-ring stuff. Because, yeah, because the bodies can often be blank slates. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, whereas, yeah. look, we've all done it because the O-ring construction lends itself to customizing so easily. Just unscrew the back and pop him apart easy so we've all mixed and matched parts but i don't know man i i I don't want to cast aspersions on like a a whole section of the community here but like customizing with o-ringers i I mean do you buy it i I don't know the vintage ones not so much but the modern Mm. the the sculpt era ones i think you can make some dope customs with them because the gear is all there it's just you have to find the right ones. You oftentimes you're gonna have to repaint something, but mm. the gear—that's the important thing. And I think that's why the modern era ones kind of eclipse the vintage figures when, you, when it comes to customizing. Is because you know most of them start with BDUs and then you just build up from there. Yeah, web web gear is so important. The removable exactly. sort of rubber goods. Yeah, yeah, customizing with old school guys. Yeah, look, it, look it, it has its place. It definitely does. Yeah. I saw some cool, like, like freaky wrestler dudes, just like shirtless guys <laughs> using Roadblock's body. I uh, no, not Roadblock. Uh, Road Pig's body, uh, yeah. like Mindbender's head, and um, uh, Crystal Ball's head on a on a on a um, uh, not Balrog, uh, the Cobra boxer. Oh, Big Boa. Big Boa, exactly. Yeah, and the, yeah. the guy repainted Crystal Ball's head with like a Joker face. I was like, "That's brilliant! That's absolutely yeah, that is a- brilliant!" Yeah. Uh, so it does have its place, but it's yeah. it's, it's very niche. It's or niche, as you you fine folks would say. Do you say niche? <laughs> I say niche. Yeah, I say niche. Ah, America. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's one of the few things that like I was I was kind of my my uh, grandmother is a school teacher she's from brit my my family half is from british guyana the other half is from brazil so mm. my grandmother taught us the queen's english which is why we don't have strong jersey or new york accents i grew up in brooklyn and i don't have the accent like thick like you see on television most people don't that's kind of a television thing but it's not bad you know but if i get into a conversation with someone from new york with the accent 
slowly it starts slipping out, you know, water and talking and and your father and your mother. And Mm -hmm. it sounds, you know what I mean? I'll catch myself because she drilled it into us. Like, no, that's not how you pronounce it. It's it's pronounced like this. You pronounce all the letters. Um, So, yeah, there's there's some things and there's some phrases and some uh, words, you know, that have like the the alternate pronunciation, depending on where you're from in the world, you know, that we learned it that way. But over time, it, you know, you just kind of default to the thing you hear more often. So, yeah, niche is one of those words. And uh, what's another one? Uh, a uh, homage. Oh, yeah. Homage. Yeah, homage. We don't say a homage like a lot of people do. It's a homage or uh, or homage. Same thing with, uh, yeah, aluminum is one. My friend uh, Matt. He lives in the UK, and he always <laughs> cracks us up with an aluminium. And I'm like, where are you getting <laughs> That is kind of anomalous, I must say. But yeah, it's fun. I love that stuff, though. I love the differences, you know? This is the one of the reasons why... <laughs> yes, the nuances, exactly. Like, this is why it's so awesome meeting folks in this, you know, that do this thing we do, and sharing your stories, and then hearing that something you thought you were doing, and you were so, like, you know... Uh, original is the something that someone had the exact same idea on the complete opposite end of the world. You know what I mean? And it's like, how did you have this idea that I had? You know what I mean? You think you're exclusive, and it's like, damn. So we all are thinking, you know, in the same vein with these particular things. You know, which is it's awesome to me. I like when that happens, and I wish more of it happened. You know, that's why I'm you always find absurd, your soulmate like that, man. You know. It's like, what? You thought Storm Shadow was going to betray Cobra too? Wow. We, we, we need to be together. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, it, yeah. It, it, to hell with uh, um, any kind of dating app or anything, like, or, or, or 40 questions to find your true match. Like, it just has to come down to, did you play with G.I. Joe the way I play with G.I. Joe? Yeah, when it's that easy. We need more girls in this hobby. That's what we need. Yeah, yeah, um, it's weird. Calm the waters. Yeah, there's been a handful. And when I go to conventions, I, I meet handfuls of, like, couples where both of them collected, you know. But it's rare. It's it's very rare that, like, on any of these sites, it's just a bunch of girls specifically that, you know, got into it as hardcore as we did. I know girls who played with Joes because their brothers had them. But hmm. they didn't get into it like us. I know a lot of girls who played with the 12-inch Joes because they were superior to Ken. So... Hmm. <laughs> And they had removable clothing. I mean, come on. Uh, the, the the stereotypes, unfortunately, sometimes ring true. Like, why does my niece love dolls so much? Because you can remove and replace the clothing ad infinitum. Like, that is the play pattern that she just repeats over and over again. It's like, we got to get undressed to go to bed. we got to get dressed to go to school. we got to get undressed to go to bed. Like, what, do, do we actually play play out what happens at school? No, we just seem to be like like constantly undressing and getting dressed again. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. works, right? <laughs> well, yeah. No. But, uh, I, I hate to generalize. must come off sounding like some kind of chauvinist. Maybe I am. No, no, no. But I mean, you're, this is an experience. It's something you've seen. You know what I mean? True, you're true, you're true. not... You're not generalizing because, mm, you know... Public we... forum, man. We're being judged on everything we say. My goodness. <laughs> I know, right? So what is but, the um... take-home, Strident? How do we harmonize our split hobby, our split community? I mean, we can all agree G.I. Joe is the greatest toy line ever created. 
But it seems yeah. like G.I. Joe is now two distinct toy lines. Well, I think what has to happen is more people need to... They need to just get a feel for everything that's out there. I mean, now you have things like YoJo.com, you have 3D Joes, you have uh, His Tank's really cool uh, database. And you can look at all the stuff that's pretty much ever been released. You know, you got Battle Lines, you've got uh, Just Joes, you've got a lot of... Uh, uh, databases to check out what's out there you can even go watch the old commercials i mean youtube's got probably all of them um you can see what's out there and then like you need to people need to experiment and go out and just like if you like the look of something like screw the fact that everybody says the sky striker is the greatest plane and joe whatever whatever it's not <laughs> maybe for a bunch of people it is but it's not. There's like so many other planes that you could experiment and go play with and see how it feels for you instead of basing your whole take home on what a whole bunch of other people say. You know, look at how stuff is displayed. If a person buys it, keeps it in the box and puts it up and then tells you on a forum, this is the greatest blah, blah, blah. They don't know what they're talking about. They didn't experience it. You know, G.I. Joe is a line. It's, it's toys in the best sense. You have to experience them. It's not about what people say. It's what you do with it. Like, you, it's what I do that defines me. Um, <laughs> it's what those... <laughs> okay, Katie Holmes. That's what I do. But no, like, it's what you, what you do with them is what, what's important, you know? Like, you got to see the thing in person, fit a bunch of your favorite Joes on it, and see how it works. Like, I got the... Um, Dragonhawk from Sigma Six, and I wanted the thing for years. There's a video that uh, a fellow uh, Joe collector, goodness, I, I'm sorry that his name is uh, escaping me right now, but he did this video back when Sigma Six was on television, and he got that vehicle. He was all the way in the Philippines, and uh, I was friends with him on uh, the old Joe community on Facebook, um, and uh, the video was awesome, and I'm like, I have to have that thing. I finally got it, and then I can't play with it. Like, it's mm. it's got one cockpit that I can fit a modern guy or even a vintage guy in, and then the other cockpit is for the smaller Sigma 6 figures, and I can't really do anything else with it. There's no room, there's no, like, handles for them, the guys to hang on or for you to put uh, lines so that they can repel from the thing. The box is tiny. So it's one of those things that it would become, I mean, you could use it as a support vehicle or it becomes a long-term custom project, you know, where you're trying to make it fit. But the only reason why I know is because I actually went out and got the thing, you know. I'll, I Right now I've been thinking of using it as something to trade for something else that I might be looking for, you know. But uh, it's one of those things. It's an awesome vehicle. It looks awesome. If I had a whole bunch of smaller figures it probably would be the bomb but right now it's this is sitting there because i can't really do anything with it because i can't fit a lot of my guys in there but you've got a good stand-in for that vehicle don't you i i seem to recall in one of your videos you showcased this incredible toy which i'd never seen before it was like a also kind of a uh mech slash uh aircraft that low, he helicopter was it from True Heroes? Yeah, it's um, it's from True Hero. They had this line called Laser. It was like land, air, sea, something else. <laughs> I can't remember. Robot or something. It's something cheesy like that. But the vehicle reminded me of that. That's why I got it. 
and it cool. it has lights and sounds. It's got um, VTOL capabilities, but the, it, they're on wings that can splay backwards and move outward to the sides. And then it has these bug legs to clamp vehicles, you know, so it can transport like a trooper transport from point A to point B. And I think there was a transport in that line. I've been trying to get a hold of it, but it's kind of a like it, it was very open and there was no armor. So essentially it was just a kill box where you just sit in there and <laughs> <laughs> wait to die if you get to well, you know, on it's your way. Basically for driving from, you know, the the headquarters to the uh landing strip where you take the plane, exactly. basically. Exactly. <laughs> Only for use around base. But that was <laughs> exactly. a fascinating toy, man, and I'd never seen that before. If anyone of our listeners are scratching their heads at this point, check out Strident's um Cobra Motor Pool video from about 2014. It's yeah. a good watch. And it gives you a good sense of what this man's all about in terms of just integrating toys from disparate different lines. But, like, if you can think of a cool backstory, there's absolutely no limitation on what you can do. Exactly. Except yeah, scale. <laughs> so the Dragon Hawk. You can't do much with that. And I think scale was what taught me how to be a toy snob in the first place. Like, I used <laughs> to only play with Transformers that conceivably held the same scale. So I'd need really? large-ish Decepticon jets to integrate uh -huh. with small Autobot cars. Uh, it didn't work the other way around. Yeah, man. Tragic. Man, we Tragic. I threw these walls up <laughs> left, right, and center. I no longer collect any other scale other than three, three and three quarter inch. So when wow. Marvel, when Marvel Universe started out, I was, wow. I was in heaven, man. I was able to get a full team of X Men, Avengers, X Force, yeah. in the GI Joe scale because I wanted, you know, I wanted Captain America to to lead the Joes on a mission or. <laughs> I, I just wanted my world to all be the same size as G.I. Joe and Star Wars. Uh, fortunately, wow. it became the dominant scale recently. But that's as I true. said, it created these divisions. And that's why I cannot have like my modern era, uh, or not sorry, modern era, um, like my, my movie toys from uh, Captain America Civil War integrate with uh, vintage O-ring G.I. Joes. They just, they don't, they don't. They don't play well. Ah, what? what do I do, man? I'm telling you, one day you just need to throw them all together and just see what happens. I have a royal rumble. Have, <laughs> have some offspring. I think yeah, it's, it's, that will that will dislodge the carrot from my ass. That's that's like <laughs> kids don't see that. Oh, this guy has more detailed paint apps, and this guy uh, has a different construction, and this guy is made from different plastic, and like yeah, exactly. Well, see, for us, and and this might be the big thing. We were never rich, but we weren't poor. My parents were like, we would get figures maybe for your birthday. And Christmas, and maybe for a surprise at some random time, you know, just because. So we didn't ever have, growing up, entire collections of anything. So, you know, we had a little bit of Ninja Turtles, a little bit of Captain Power, you know, a little bit of G.I. Joe, a little bit of uh, Cops. And we had the, we're going to play, we got to use what we got, you know. You might have a vehicle from freaking Robocop and the Ultra Police, but you might have all the other police guys are your cops figures, which means, you know, the RoboCop guys were like a little bit 
five inches or under mm. just a little bit and the cops figures were like a little over five inches almost six so they were the big buff guys and they're your police so you got to <laughs> pretend it would drive in that police car from you know what i mean from what you call it, because that's what you had so um i didn't develop the the you know the, the walls like you said. yeah yeah i just i have like you know with marvel select i see this and it, it boggles my mind marvel select puts out superior figures to marvel legend in a lot of areas other than maybe articulation and even in some cases they do just as good articulation but their paint jobs and their sculpts blow the marvel the marvel legend stuff out the water yet the collector community completely shits all over the marvel select stuff and they all go for the very plain very blah you know marvel legends things and i'm just like and it's all because of the scale and i don't i don't i just can't limit myself like the vehicle that i showed you guys the the moro dropship for my team it's a power rangers vehicle which means it's 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 a it's a mech it's pieces that form a megazord but it's um it's like a i don't know five inches tall and you know maybe eight inches wide obviously i can't fit joe's in there but like through the power of photoshop and my imagination i'm gonna fit people in there you know what i mean like it's gonna be where they house all their gear and stuff and you know for the sake of little stories that i'll you know put together it'll take on that role so like you know growing up we just used our imagination to fill in the blanks for a lot of things so we don't we're not as hard on what we get as some collectors are. You know what I mean? I think if you were able to get all that stuff, you know, and uh, tailor your, your collection, then when you if you continue and you never stopped and you're still able to continue that, I could see how you would grow up with almost tunnel vision to all the other stuff because you've always been able to maintain that one scale, that one look, the one style across everything. Like, say you only collected Joes and Star Wars. I could totally see how you could shun everything else because no, nothing else had that level of compatibility between the vehicles and the figures, you know? So you would only look for things that have that compatibility. I could see how that would happen. But I just think, like, if it works for you and you can continue it like that and it doesn't bother you, continue, you know? Do it. It works for you. But if if it if there's things outside of that that you want to kind of jump into and you want to you want to see how this would look if your Joes took on you know the ATAT from you know Star Wars or the or a, a Megazord or something you know just something out out there do it you know and just see what how it works for you you know it's all in fun it's not like somebody the the, the scale police is gonna knock on your door and be like the fuck are you doing <laughs> cut that out. You know, like you're 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 cool. You're completely cool. It's it's all imagination based, and that's the thing. You know, people need to just give in. Don't be an adult in this area. You know, because mm. as adults, we have all those those walls and all these defining uh, attributes to everything. Everything has to be in its place, and it has to work at this time, and it has to, you know, it has a specific function, and blah blah blah. And it, it's something that you're taught. You know, you're taught to kind of let go of your kind of childish. Uh, imagination and child childish curiousness and just be an adult where everything is logic all the time you can be logical and stuff but you can also turn that off and just or try to you know oh. and just enjoy strident i wish you were that simple i mean looking back 
even as a child, I would get my buddies round, uh-huh. and then the first question would be, so what should we play, guys? Should we play G.I. Joe, Transformers, superheroes, or should we read comics? Hey. Read comics was always uh, the, the the last pick on the list. I mean, no no one really wanted to come over and just read. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah. So we 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 would I I guess I am to blame. I imposed these divisions, and we never had a situation where we had the GI Joes team up with the Transformers. It was like one or the other, and I still haven't been able to let that go. And I guess that's why. I am so OCD about these divisions now. And it doesn't help the fact that it's a resource-scarce situation. I can't just go out and buy a trolley full of, like, varied toys. It has to be a very calculated move to price something online, find a seller willing to ship out here, uh, work up a shipping quote, and then bite down hard on something while, you know, I fire it off from my credit card across the ether so these divisions have only become stronger uh hopefully that's gone some way to explain why i am such a a purist and why i i view these things as so black and white night and day vintage modern era but that's not to be prescriptive and certainly does not speak for the rest of the gi joeberg team paul is a hot mess of scales of (laughs) styles of manufacturers you know he's got equal parts sort of Japanese toys to, to, to American toys. And yeah, he regularly mixes up modern era with vintage, with power team elite, you know, all of that stuff. Yeah. No holds barred, man. So please don't let me be a Scrooge and ruin anyone's fun. Uh, but th- this is, I suppose, my way of explaining who I am and, and why I collect a certain way. And I, I hope I haven't ruffled anyone's tail feathers by saying inflammatory <laughs> things like... Yeah, I don't want no modern era toys on my vintage vehicles. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. you're in the company of friends. I, Strident said... is is an avid fan and uh, and and supporter of of notions of mixing this stuff up. So, bam, bam. Yeah, I mean Pick it's always poison. fun. Yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah, I think that's that's my take home, man. It is all for fun, and it is. Uh, in many respects, like viewing these things through the eyes of a child again. Yeah. Important not to lose sight of that. So let me ask you this then. What do you think about uh, some of the vehicles from the modern era in comparison to some of the ones in the, uh, you know, the, the vintage era? Like the Rhino that you brought up. I love that vehicle. It's one of my favorites ever in the entire line, just because of the the two obvious, well, three obvious functions. You know, it's it just seems like a almost an all-purpose attack vehicle. You know what I mean? Like, mm. it's not very limited. And it was the first vehicle I got when I started collecting Rise of Cobra, so I was able to, and it, it was a calculated effort too, because I wanted to have a place to put all my guys. So at the time. I had about six or seven. I had the main cast of the movie, and I was able to fit everybody plus Metalhead or Cannonball, I think that's what he's called, who's driving the thing. And I was completely happy because I'm like, wow, it's an APC, it's a helicopter, and it's a freaking armored, you know, uh, like Batmobile type deal. <laughs> I had no problems with it. I mean, different configura- configurations with the weapons. 
I don't know. What what do you think? What do you think about it in comparison to vintage? Well, it definitely has a different look and feel to vintage toys, which immediately casts it for me as a modern era compatible vehicle. The fact that uh, uh-huh. the cockpit on the helicopter is spacious. I mean, you could put all yeah. Wild Bill in there. And Wild Bill mm-hmm. is a rather tall 25th anniversary figure. He's not going to work oh, yeah. in a dragonfly. Although I've seen some people manage to kind of shoehorn him in there. It's, yeah. It doesn't look like a comfortable fit. The vintage dragonfly is rather unforgiving, even for vintage figures. So that chopper yep. is excellent. It is a fantastic chopper. In fact, I think I used to use it as like Batman's stealth chopper. Like I, I imagine that somehow was um, something that Batman would have acquired. Uh, no need to paint it black; it already is, and it, it has a kind of a Batman aesthetic with that very like stealth fighter uh, canopy. Yeah. yeah, man, I have no trouble casting that as a modern era vehicle, and it 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 perfectly ties into Rise of Cobra with the sort of the the black body armor look that that film gave us. Uh, yeah. In fact, I'd say, yeah, absolutely. That is the era that it makes the most sense with. So you were bang on the money there. I'm not so sure about Cannonball with the, with the sort of light <laughs> gray pants and yellow highlights. Uh, yeah, I think the version I have is the green and with the with the leather jacket. And, oh, uh, he's oh, got like... oh, of course, he's a modern era figure. Uh, I was thinking of the, the DTC one that we got. Yeah, oh, man, we, I have we, an I embarrassing got... story about the bloody the Rhino. I totally did not realize that uh, it had a Springfire missile launcher. Oh, you didn't? Yeah, the the one that fires the single missile. Uh Uh-huh. So when I got the missile, just sort of like loose, you know, I I found it in in, in my room somewhere, and I was like, this missile must belong to some miscellaneous toy that I don't own anymore. I threw it out. (laughs) What an idiot. I actually threw it in the trash. No, no. Uh, You're supposed so, to throw it in your box of shit, or the box of random shit, you know? I don't know what went through my head at that point. I was like, uh, some <laughs> kids have been here, they, they'd left their missile behind, or something like that. I was like, I, 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 I had this moment of, of, of madness. That's the only way <laughs> I can explain it. I literally lost my mind for a five, you know, five minutes and threw out this missile. What a wow. prize idiot. So, yeah, my <laughs> my rhino is now incomplete, sadly. And uh, they are in short supply these days. So if anyone has a original yellow DTC rhino missile that they, you know, just ha- happen to have spare, <laughs> send it my way. Yeah, you should, you, you, that will be easy to find. I'm sure it won't be one of those parts, like, when I'm looking for Defiant stuff where each part costs like 50 bucks. I'm like, come on, guys. That's not even fair. Oh, you could find that miss. Come on, man. This vehicle saw such a limited run anyway. This is I'm talking about the direct-to-consumer version, the yellow yeah. missiles. I'm Black like, and yellow. yeah, dude, I, I'm, I think I'm up shit creek because it's not likely that, that someone just found a loose missile and they're like, oh, I don't have the vehicle anymore. Here, South Africa, you have it. <laughs> well a lot of the the lots have pieces and missiles and stuff from so many different vehicles that i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure i've seen it but the missile by itself in a lot with other stuff that didn't make any sense by itself with other stuff <laughs> i've seen i've seen it in lots you know on uh ebay 
Well, let her brother of... know. So, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely... <laughs> yeah, I'll let you know. And if Helicopter is actually based on actual one, and it's a good-looking... Yeah, the Comanche. Oh, yes, the yes, Comanche. yes. With all that sort of uh, angular stealth design. Uh-huh. Mm. Exactly. And it's it's just that when I realized that it was a real you know, helicopter, I was like, wow. I mean, I, I remember my son and I, both sons, actually, and I were just, because it took a while. I didn't bother, I never bothered to look up the real-world counterparts for a lot of these, like, modern-era stuff, just because I don't, it doesn't really change how I'm going to play with it. You know what I mean? But uh, we went on YouTube, and they were show, we were seeing, you know, maneuvers for, you know, with this particular helicopter, and I'm just like, man, this thing's fast. Like you get an idea for exactly what you could, what you should be able to do with such a thing, you know? Yeah, I love, I love the Rhino. It's it's really slick. Now there are definite ones that I will say miss the mark, even though on the surface they look almost dead on to their real world counterparts, like the the Banshee, the Crimson Banshee, which is also the um, it was called the Sky. Shoot, what were they called? It, it was in the Sky Patrol. It's like a, um, it's a stealth bomber. You know what I'm talking about with the oh. little pod. You're not talking about the Sky Raven, are you? No, 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 no. This is it's smaller. It's an old, okay. it's an older stealth bomber. And it, it, there's a red one. There's a silver um, Sky uh, Patrol version. There's oh, a, we're talking about the Firebats that's been repurposed. It's sort of a blue. Not the Firebat. The 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 Firebats. They called those. They re-released those in um. The Rise of Cobra line, and they were called, God, what were they called? It was like Sky something or other. I hate yeah, when and they, I... they sort of added to it uh, in kind of kibbly ways, and you know, not to step on the toes of anyone who is a fan. I think that was a misstep, you know, to recast something as GI Joe and sort of add boxy things to it. It's like, mm, you know, break up those cool lines. Yeah, they added those weird air intakes to it. Yeah, it. It looks good. It, mm. it it just it looks like a lot, you know. <laughs> it must be really freaking fast, and you know it it must be for very specific operations, and that's it. But uh, I'm gonna find it and tell you the name real quick. I'm actually on YoJo right now. But uh, it looks like you should be able to fit, like it should be a full sized stealth bomber, and it's not. You can only fit two people in it. And that's when I started getting frustrated with them because I'm like, you know, you you have this awesome design and you choose not to use it to, you know, it's full skysweeper. It's that was what the okay. the Rise of Cobra Firebats were called, and that's what the original release of this stealth bomber was called. It's called the skysweeper. It came out in uh, 2003. The Rise of Cobra version is the one that I was telling you about. That's what I have, and that one's called the uh, Crimson Hydra. It's pretty, it's pretty nice, but uh, yeah, it's got this weird like fold out wing gimmick with the missiles and stuff, and it only has enough space for you know a pilot, and it has a pod underneath like a, a like a spy pod that uh, fits one other per, you know character or whatever, and that's it. And I'm like, this thing should be at least half the size of the shark, the AC-130 that we have for um, from True Heroes. Hmm. Or even the wingspan of maybe the uh, the beast, 
because those things are usually long, you know, wingspan wise, they're pretty damn long, you know, and you should be able to fit at least three got three, you know, have your two pilots and have like a backup person and maybe have the pod if that's what you want to do. It just feels like a lot of times for the sake of, of fitting all the, the stuff in the box, they shrink down a lot of vehicles that should be larger. Whereas in the vintage line, when you look at like, for instance, the night Raven, we could look at the new night Raven and the old one, the old one, it's huge. They were so generous with like the amount of plastic that they used to make that vehicle. And it, it has plenty of room. It looks like it's proper scale to the figure. You know, I mean, I know it's still a little bit smaller than what it probably should be, but it feels like it's substantial. Whereas the new yeah. one, any bigger than that, you're going to struggle to play with it. Exactly. And then the new one, they made it small enough that it's, it'd be easy for any kid to play with. It's got the handle and everything. And I like it. It looks like Firefox from the movie Firefox. Remember the Clint Eastwood film? Can't forget it, man. Jeez. Well, I should say, you can't forget the last, uh, what, 25 minutes, 30 minutes of it. But the rest, yeah, exactly. my goodness. <laughs> Rewatching it as an adult, I was like, what? I rented this as a child. <laughs> I must have been a very, very patient child because yeah. you know, the, the good stuff only happens right at the end. Exactly. But, yeah, that's what they went for instead of going for a modernized version of the, you know, SR-71, which they should have, which would have been cool, you know, or Blackbird, I mean, not the SR-71. Mm. That's the kind of stuff I see with the modern versus vintage, especially when it comes to vehicles, is just... Back in the day, it seemed like they just wanted to impress. Nowadays, it's like budget, 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 you know. And but it's been it's been pointed out by a number of different sectors, you know, that the generics, poor man's Joe, uh -huh. uh, whether it's Lenard's offerings or the stuff that True Heroes is putting out, they are able to release yeah. substantial vehicles. Oh yeah, I was playing with my uh, the Beast Bomber earlier today. And because uh, I finally decided I'm going to give it to Cobra and just put a bunch of like Crimson Guards and stuff in there. I don't know, man. Uh, some, something that uh, that that looks that kind of low tech. It's it almost says <laughs> dread dreadnought to me. Like if there was a, a core of 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 dreadnought pilots. Yeah, that could work. That would be their their baby. Yeah. Or the Desert Vipers. Like that could okay. be their. Uh, I buy that too. You know, because yeah, they're already that color and everything. But uh, yeah. So Hasbro don't release big th big ticket items anymore. They haven't since the pit. Yeah. Because I guess true. you know they they do invest a lot more than uh, the, com the 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 competition. You know, Beast Bomber, uh, Rainfire, those things are cool, but they're always a little bit more hollow than a GI Joe vehicle. The cockpits aren't detailed. Uh, it kind of sells out on a sound and light gimmick. Instead yeah. of like lots of small accessories or, or or features. But if you if we're being fair, when you put it side by side with some of the larger Joe stuff, there are lots of Joe vehicles that are on the large side that don't have a ton of detail on the interior. I mean that's that's the imagination part. And on like the Beast Bomber, one the 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 two. I mean it's technically it's still one cockpit, but there's two divisions. The higher one has all the detail on the actual, the instrumentation, you know, detail on the cockpit. Whereas the secondary one, which would be the gunner seat, because there should be a gun down there. Well, there are two guns on this, four guns on the sides. Uh, it could be the bombardier, man. 
yeah, kind of exactly. old school role, but uh, but since it is a rather old school looking craft, yeah, you could have a guy down there with a bomb sight hitting the release button. Nice. That one that doesn't have any detail on the inside. So, mm. you know, it's one of those things where, like, almost all around it, you've got tons of detail. It's just when you get, like you said, on the inside, you know, one of the two spots where you put people doesn't have detail. I could live with that. Because look at things. It's huge. I mean, it's like, it's bigger than all the Joe planes I have. I've had a Sky Striker. It's it's even bigger than the Republic gunship from uh, Star Wars. Hmm. And because I've always wanted that to use as a Cobra vehicle for the, uh, either just a, a trooper transport or to drop paravipers from. Ooh. What does the engine sound like? <laughs> it sounds, Come on. It, it sounds huge, you know? The... <laughs> It's huge and loud. I I didn't know how big that thing was until I got it, like in hand, and I'm like, "Holy shit! Like, how do you, how do you, how does a little kid run around with this? You know?" And you know, I'm playing with this, I'm enjoying it, but then when I put it next to the beast bomber, the beast bomber still kind of dwarfs that thing. You know, it's one of the biggest vehicles I think I have altogether next to the Defiant. So you know, just that novelty right there. It's pretty awesome because you can fit a lot of stuff in there. You can fit a lot of bombs if you want to. You can fit a lot of your uh, figures in there. It's a good trade-off. You know, you it's it's simple enough that you could paint repaint it if you wanted to. You know, it wouldn't be hard. You don't have many doors to remove or anything like that. So I think it's worth it. You know, just like the the shark, the AB one fifteen shark, the AC one thirty for um, from uh, True Heroes. That okay. thing's huge too, and it's got a lot of detail inside and outside so it easily rivals what we would get from hasbro and it didn't even cost a third of what they would have probably charged us if they did that now like if they released a bit i mean look at some of those convention set vehicles that they did like the danger at the docks or the um the night what was it called the night mission uh set with uh, uh sightline and the sky striker painted with Python Patrol or, or Cobra Colors, and then the... Oh, yeah, the switcheroo, the, the Cobra Scythe, and the oh, G.I. Yeah. Joe Green Hiss. <laughs> what was Green. it called? Yeah, I was like, no, no, you don't do that. Like, you could have you done that with every other vehicle, but really? But mm. that thing, was it was expensive, and it's only gotten more expensive, whereas, you know, True Heroes is making this right now. They just did a carrier helicopter, I think it's called like a UB-52 or something like that, or UB-51. Oh, it's Did you the see Jolly that? Green Giant. Uh, is it the, what is it called, a Super 60 or Super 80 or something? Uh, is it that I think thing? So. Like, that giant gray. Oh, what a beaut. Gee whiz. They just did one. So in other words, long live the generics, man. I call them the yeah. generics, but I mean, they are uh, whatever you want to call them. They are G.I. Joe's competitors uh, who have outlasted their their inspiration, I guess. Yeah. Mm. On the surface, you there's no mistaking which vehicles these are supposed to be. Whereas mm. the Jones, you know, they add that little bit of magic, <laughs> design magic to them, you know, where they it kind of is something else, you know. They take a, you know, the wings from this thing and the cockpit from this thing and the and they kind of put things together. And uh, not to mention slap removable um, missiles all over the surface. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> You know, I, I, I like that. I respect the fact that, you know, true heroes can, can do that stuff. And I wish, you know, Hasbro would do it. But I think that 
the fact that we have all those they things. They might get sued, can... buddy. <laughs> it's true. Or, they probably would. I, they probably I can only would. imagine, like, True Heroes, since their headquarters is probably in Hong Kong, or uh, I don't know, I'm, 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 I have no idea, really, but they, they probably do get away with murder. Um, yeah. You know, international patents are hard to, harder to uh, enforce, more expensive. That's true. It's very true. I think, though, that if, since we have all this stuff, it makes it easier for you to complete the kind mm-hmm. of Joe collection, you know, so to speak, that you want because you have all these choices and you have all these things that you can integrate and practice in that, you know, just appreciating what's out there and utilizing it just seems like <laughs> it almost seems like a new a no brainer, you know, because you need certain things that Hasbro just will not make for whatever mm-hmm. reason, you know? Yeah. Unless, of course, you're me, in which case you are limited <laughs> to the run of figures and vehicles that happened between 1982 and 1994. I mean, it's it's disgusting, dude. I can't even dabble into, like, the, the well, latter have... 90s stuff and the early 2000s stuff. Sure, it's O-ring, have... but I'm like, nah. Like, nah. what about, like, you, I know, some of it is, is kind of, uh... But you do have you do have a decent bunch of stuff from the '90s because that's when you started collecting. Oh no, I'm I'm talking about uh, stuff that took place after a real American hero wrapped up. So anything from the 15th anniversary onwards, like the 1997 oh. line, and then that kind of like into the early 2000s. That stuff, I've got a handful of it, but it doesn't see display next to the regular stuff. I'm like, nah. <laughs> I'm a lost cause, sadly. So I hope this discussion has had an impact on anyone else out there who might be able to break free from these molds. But I, I yeah. don't know if I can be that guy, man. <laughs> it's too late for you. It is. It really is. But don't, so I remember you talking in like the last uh, podcast. You guys were talking about you and your friend um, Alistair. Alistair. Oh yeah. You were talking about you guys playing with uh, Marauder stuff. Do you sure. incorporate Marauder stuff into your um, what what you do with your Joes now? I mean, they make better weapons. Some uh, of that it's gear. It's gonna be can... modern modern era only. Uh, so Marauder plays well with the modern era. Modern era plays uh-huh. well with Marvel superheroes in that scale. Yeah. But I do find that I I'm I'm a bit cheesed off that like. Obviously, Star Wars has never upscaled their action figures. Like, they yeah. still are the same height, relative height, with the O-Ring G.I. Joes. Yeah. Whereas, you know, Marvel Universe slash Marvel Legends, three and three quarter inch figures are now four inch figures. So they mesh with the G.I. Well, yeah, dude, dude. I cannot have, <laughs> I cannot have Nightcrawler tower over Boba Fett. They they cannot oh, go yeah. on adventures together. I'm sorry, they cannot, because like <laughs> Nightcrawler needs to be a shorter stature kind of guy. And yeah, no, t- oh dude, like I say, I'm a mess, <laughs> complete mess. Wow. But my collection is very ordered, and I think uh, pursuant to this, I'm going to shoot off a Stevens collection video, taking you through a guided yeah. tour over you know, over here we have Transformers. <laughs> And only Transformers. Over here we have Star Wars. And only Star Wars. Here's where my <laughs> Batwing lives, because that's a scale that uh, doesn't belong with anything else. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, well, that, that toy doesn't belong anywhere else. I mean, where do you put it? 
It's the most awkward yeah, shape ever. That's true. And it's and that's it's lethal. <laughs> Those points will take an eye out. They're sharp. Yeah, yeah, they're sharp. Yeah, I'm trying to get rid of my uh, my Batmobile because it's just takes up too much space, and I never mess with it. Like it's so big and just it's it's just awkward. You know, even I have it next to my other movie Batmobiles mm-hmm. and uh, or other Batmobiles in general, and it's like they're underneath the shelf. So when you walk up, you can see the front ends of all of the Batmobiles. But then that one is like protruding and you're almost tripping on it. It's just ridiculous. Uh, but it, I mean, it's cool. Don't get me wrong, but it's just, it's huge. And it's, it just seems almost like ridiculous in size. Like it could have been a little bit smaller, but I mean, people wanted it. You know, they wanted it that big, they that scale. I love that it's a two seater, but you know, I'd be lying if, if I didn't, you know, point out how I think it's way oversized. Way oh oversized. Oh my, Strident! Are you are you starting to pick up on my my scale <laughs> scale well, no, OCD? It's just the the you know when I collect a big thing has always been space you know so like th- there's a few things that I always stick to when I'm in collecting in general and that's room in my uh, in my man cave so space you know I know I'll run out of space at some point so I I was never super huge on vehicles. I had a handful of vehicles, and then over time, I was kind of like, you know what? I find deals or something, and I just get them. So now I have a ton of G.I. Joe vehicles all over the place. Then uh, there's, like, the... I can only go... I used to collect 12-inch figures. I was real big into those. And then I got to a point where I was kind of like, I'm going to relax, because I was running out of room for everything else, because I had so many of those guys. And the thing with them was the prices of those figures were always going up, which... You know, is the next thing is price. You know, I'm not. I have a. I budget out how much I want to spend a month if I'm going to spend anything. You know, each month on toys. I mean, and uh, I try not to go over it. You know, and sometimes when the price of some of this stuff goes up, especially since I collect import figures as well, you kind of are limited in what you can get for whatever the remaining amount of money is that you have. You know, if you you get, you know, say it's a hundred bucks, or say it's a hundred and fifty bucks, and you buy. You know, two import figures that run you like 40, 50 bucks. You know, that's that's almost that's 100 bucks plus because shipping, you know, you might not really have room to get something else. But then I look at Joe's and they're a little bit cheaper. And you end up each month getting, you know, say I don't I decide not to get any uh, import figures that month. Then I end up getting a shit ton of Joe's and my space that I have set aside for my Joe's is quickly getting full. Like I just moved some stuff i switched shelves and uh, i'm looking at the the joes i have up there and that's not even all the joes i own and i wanted to have all the joes on that on the shelf and then i realized crap i have joes that i have in a different box because i planned on doing stuff with them like uh, marauder stuff and i haven't done it yet so where am i going to put them you know what i mean i'm going to have to switch around something else or buy another shelf or something like that to make room for them and i i kind of hate doing that because i feel like i'm overdoing it yeah, space, the size of what I'm collecting, and the uh, price is always a big thing, you know. Um, I don't really mm-hmm. want to. I don't want to buy more shelves. I think I have enough shelves. So it's just, what am I going to display today, you know, or this month, or what am I going to display for this, you know, six months? Because I'll rotate stuff sometimes too. Oh man, you're preaching to the choir. I think vintage, modern era, it don't matter. We are all alike in that regard. It is a juggle for space, budget, and that that struggle is the same for us all. 
But I think we've we've canvassed this topic all right. I mean, this, ladies and gentlemen, is a, a great coming together of two different types of collectors. But one thing is certain, we love this stuff, yeah. regardless of the era. Um, I love me some modern era toys. I just can't display them alongside my vintage stuff. <laughs> 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 but uh as i say you will all soon be witness to exactly how i i choose to um i suppose separate out my collection and if you want to check out strident's videos yeah man he's got some terrific integrations of various toy lines into his gi joe uh world mythology and that's always encouraging that's cool i want to be like you man <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, for I'm real, sorry. for real. Like Tron vehicles? Holy shit. Well, because I, I always thought, like, if when I came up with Weaponsmith, I was like, he has to have a signature of what the stuff he makes would look like. So maybe I'll use Tron stuff because I found all that stuff on sale. I even have the yes. um, the plane. You remember mm. there was a plane in Tron? Oh, yeah. They made a figure of that or a vehicle of that and uh, or a toy of that. I found that on sale too. I think I got it for twenty bucks, and I Beautiful. I saw it on eBay while back, and it's 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 up there now. So I'm glad and I was able to find. That is how you win. <laughs> yeah. To have a quality, <laughs> cool vehicle that works with your Joe stuff, at a price that you know you just can't sneeze at. Yeah, man. Exactly. Nice, nice. But I think that's a wrap on episode one zero one of GI Joeberg. This has been a fantastic, very lively debate. Hell, I'd, yes, I'd, I'd, I didn't. I don't even know if we could call it a debate. It seems like we agree on most things. I'm just, yeah, I'm just a stick. It's just mind. a meeting, a meeting of the minds, as it were, as it were, where oh, we very we just good. <laughs> Son of a teacher, <laughs> just, give, <laughs> just giving you know our perspectives, which is good, you know. But maybe someone listening might be caught between these things, and you know, never think to which that always surprises me. That there's people who, you know, they'll see a, a review and they'll say, I never thought to do that. And all it is is us playing with the toy, you know, kind of the way that we think it's supposed to be played with, you know. And someone else might be might be saying, you know, I never thought to do that. And this might be that piece to give them the inspiration to do it, you know. Take your Halo mm. figures out. Make them attack your Joes. Now you'll have a use for your... Uh, your uh, accelerator suits that everybody hates so much. You can have a fight the Halo, <laughs> Halo three figures, or take your Halo, your uh, accelerator suit guys, put them in your Defiant. Now you got guys in space suits. It's done. You know what I mean? Like it's it's all about just using your imagination to make things fit where you need them to fit. You know? But uh, yeah, that's it for me. Sweet. I think this was awesome. Yeah, man. Thanks, Trident. And even if you do pick just one piece of Joe that you cherish and want to collect, don't hate on guys that uh, do like to expand their horizons. Uh, we all love this toy line. We can all love different facets or love all facets. Uh, but yeah, don't ever be discouraging. I think, we, yeah, we should all just perhaps watch our, our mouths sometimes. It's all too easy to say something that would you know, be misconstrued or, I don't know, inflammatory to, to the way other people like to collect. And I know I've personally uh, been been guilty of that. I know I've done it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <I'm> not... <laughs> so this is Steve saying, yo, Joe, and keep collecting, guys. Oh,
All right, man, I'm Strident, and that's it for me. You guys have been great. Peace outside. Peace outside. I was about to say it. <laughs> man, awesome. So long, my ninjas. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.